Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Obviously, uh, the news today, it's, it's disappointing, but it, it, it is the right decision. And uh, I think if you look at the, the last four or five years here at Montana State, uh, we've made very sound decisions based on the health and well-being of our student-athletes. And when, when you looked at the schedule and how it matched up timeline-wise with the, uh, the climate that we are going to be in, the safety of our student-athletes came to the forefront and was the ultimate reason why we made this decision. Obviously, there are a lot of other factors that come into it, but when you look at uh, those 105 to 106 young men and you want them to go into, into the elements like we were going to ask them to do, it's just, in our opinion, it's just, in my opinion, it's just not right. Um, we want to provide them with the best opportunity to develop as young men, to develop as students and to develop as athletes. And asking them to do that uh, just wasn't in, in their best interest and is not in our best interest. And so um, in co- consultation, obviously, with the University of Montana and given our locale, we just felt it was uh, the best decision for for all involved, given the timeline uh, that we were given from the Big Sky Conference schedule. And so uh, at the end of the day, our student athletes are our number one asset and we're going to take care of our student athletes um, to the utmost of our responsibilities. Coach. Yeah, uh, I think it's been said uh, this this decision did not come about overnight. This has been something that we've had a lot of discussion about because it's been an ongoing topic. And I think that, that uh, you know, when you couple our concerns about being able to prepare a team to go compete at the end of February, when we know that we're going to have to start basically in two weeks of practicing and that the worst of the winter conditions are in front of us that uh, it was going to be difficult at best and, uh, and and even potentially impossible to prepare a team to go play the six-game conference slate. Um, this has been a moving target. We had this discussion back in October with the, with the league, and at the time, the discussion was centered around, do we try to play six games or eight games? And we didn't really have a time frame for this. And so when you couple the concerns that we have that are, I think, unique to Montana and Montana State – with our geography, our climate, and our um, and NIDER team having an indoor, with the concerns about a turnaround and how that would impact the health and safety of our student athletes for the fall of 21, this th- that's where this thing landed. And I can say this: I'm not sure that Coach Howe and I agree on a lot, but we agreed on this, and uh, we agreed that this was the right that this was the right move for for both of our programs and our student athletes, with keeping them at the forefront. And I think that. Uh, you know, I would say this, we consulted extensively, extensively with medical people. And, and we even followed the NCAA guidelines. And there's a, there's a clause in the NCAA guidelines for participation in practice that states that they do not recommend in any situation athletes be required to practice or participate in temperatures below 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, I can promise you I was going to have to ask our student athletes to do that. And when you couple that with the concerns about um, – about about safe and secure playing surfaces. I can plow the snow off the turf, 
but that doesn't guarantee that it's not an ice skating rink. And we've been out there in those conditions before, and we've had to pull our guys off the field because that's something that we're not going to do is put them in harm's way. And we were going to have to do that repeatedly. Um, and, and, then, and then you back that up with some of the other things that we're talking about with uh, the, the COVID issue still being very much at the forefront, some of the challenges that we're facing with basketball. There's a, this, wasn't, this was not a decision that we went into lightly, uh, but we feel very strongly that it was the right decision for our program and for our young men. I'll turn it over to questions for Leon. Alex, why don't you start us? What was the players' reactions, and um, how involved were they in the process of kind of making this decision as well? Yeah, and I'll let uh, Coach Choate answer that when, when he talks. Um, you know, the players were consulted all the time, and uh, their input drives our every decision that we make here. And uh, uh, from position coaches to the head coach, uh, they're having those conversations and uh, obviously players want to play, right? They want to, they want to play as much as they possibly can. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, we have to do our jobs to make sure that they are physically prepared to play because if we're starting to stop and practice in, in those ramp up weeks to get prepared and we're putting them on the field against somebody that has not had the interruptions that we have had because of our climate, that is simply just not fair. And we can't, put our, our student athletes in those positions. So, I mean, yeah, they, they all want to play, um, but here they want the student athlete experience. They want the Montana State football experience. They want fans in the stands. They want Gold Rush to come out, 20,000 screaming fans all in their gold shirts. They want football the way they know football is here. Um, so I think that played in, into that as well. But uh, players want to play, and we got to do our job to put them in the, in the right position to be able to play. And then this might be jumping the gun here a little bit, but is there um, any information on who we might play in a non-conference type of format or schedule? Yeah, we're still researching that. I think we're, we're taking the approach uh, this spring to, to do the right things in the, in the, at the right times uh, to really develop our student athletes. We haven't, uh, you know, we haven't really participated in live action or tackled anybody here since December of 2019. And so we've got a lot of work to do to get our student athletes ready to be able to do that. And we will do that. And then we do want to give them some live competition. And so, you know, we're going to look around the state of Montana, you know, and, and see if uh, what uh, some of the other smaller conferences are doing and see if they, you know, would want to come here and play. We're going to leave our options open, but that's going to be towards the tail end of this when the weather is is nice and the conditions are, are ready for us to be able to, to do that. But we have some work to do to be able to get our student athletes ready to be in that position. Thank you, Leon. Thank you. All right, Coulter Nuanez, I see your hand up. Go ahead. Hi, hey, Leon. Um, from, a, from a revenue perspective, revenue generation perspective, uh, obviously no fans is something that would be a challenge in the first place. But I mean, how much did that impact just not being able to actually garner much, if any, revenue uh, if a spring season was to take place? Yeah, I think those conversations were had. But I, we really did – you know, once we knew that it wasn't going to be safe for the student-athletes, we could just stop all conversations because that's – like I go back to it. That's first and foremost. Um, then if it was going to be safe, then we had to take maybe some of those other considerations in, into, into play. But we really didn't have to because – um, we knew that we've been through enough springs here. I think everybody knows um, the way Coach Choate feels about spring. We know what our weather conditions are here. We know what the field is going to be like. And so once you just have those conversations, I mean, the, the decisions become pretty clear. Um, but 
you know, we, we did our due diligence. Uh, we talked a lot about it and uh, just arrived at a spot to where it just simply wasn't safe. Having two seasons in a single year was going to be a tenuous one, no matter what, particularly player safety, but also just uh, the, the integrity of the season. I mean, you feel like now that you actually have a common goal to shoot for uh, a start date next fall, it kind of just gets you back on track of being kind of more normal. You know, I think uh, what when we talked and when Coach Chode and I talked about this, it was having more control over your schedule to guarantee the student athletes that we know that we can pull this off. The, the, the worst thing that we could do is have a schedule, start and stop and pull games out from under them. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the mental health aspect of our student athletes during this time. Um, and for us to be able to try and give them a schedule that we can uh, better control uh, and more guarantee will be better for them in the long run. When you look at their academic uh, coursework that they're doing here, but also to develop as, as athletes as well, all those things play a part in their in their day. And if we can make their day more normal and not make changes for them, then they're going to develop develop better. And so uh, we feel really good about that and that by by moving this back, getting better conditions, we're going to be able to pr provide a better environment for them to uh, to be able to develop. Last one for me, we just talked to, or at least some of us just talked to Ken Haslam as well. And he said he didn't anticipate playing any games against conference opponents in terms of the, the games that could be played this spring, any idea in terms of just the specifics of who those might be, when they might be, or is that just kind of a moving target? It's definitely a moving target, but we're keeping all options open. Um, you know, we definitely want to give our student athletes some live competition. We definitely think we need that because of the kind of the time frame and the break that there has been from that. They, their bodies are going to need that as we move into a fall season. Um, but our options are we're going to remain open and see kind of um, who's available and when they're available. Let's go next to Slim Kimmel. Go ahead, Slim. Hey, Leon. Hope you're doing well. Uh, obviously, football is the big news breaker today, but you guys have a lot of other sports that are supposed to be in progress this spring. Uh, what are the challenges that lie ahead for everything else MSU has to offer besides football? Yeah, obviously, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, the challenges that we've had to face here all year going back to, um, you know, March of last year. Uh, but what I can tell you is we have been, and I'm just going to reiterate it, we've been in such a great spot um, from a university perspective and really from an athletic department perspective, from the support we get from the university, but also from our support areas, from Bozeman Health, our athletic trainers, our strength and conditioning staff, our academic staff, we have been working really hard to make sure that this facility was open and accessible to our student athletes to be able to come in and do the things that they need to do. Um, and that's still the case. Um, you know, we have uh, tests that we have access to and we're, we're abiding by all the NCA regulations. Uh, the teams that can practice are practicing. Uh, that has never been an issue. And that's all because of the, you know, kind of the support and the setup that we've had here. So we feel good about where we are. But obviously, we've, we've entered this knowing that we are going to have to make adjustments, you know, could be on a daily basis. Um, our staff has been really flexible. Our coaches have been flexible. And we're going to need to keep that mindset because we know things are going to happen in the future that we can't control. And then while I have you here, my news department wants to ask if you have a reaction to House Bill 112 that's going to be heard next week. Yeah, you know, basically, there are going to be some, uh, you know, NCA 
is going to go into NCA legislation about, uh, um, you know, with that, there's going to be uh, regulations with that. So we have, uh, I think you need to contact uh, Montana's Jean Gee uh, about that. Uh, she is kind of the, the rep for uh, the state system regarding that bill. Uh, obviously, we're not a proponent or an opponent of that, uh, but she can answer that question for you, Slim. Thanks, Leon. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Let's go next to Sean Rainey. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Leon. Um, I know you probably, you know, can't really speak for other universities, um, but obviously, you know, Portland State opted out as well. What were some of the conversations like maybe with some of the other schools? And, I mean, you know, obviously when you think of Big Sky, I think Montana, Montana State are at the top. So how do you maybe see the rest of the spring going for the rest of the conference? And, and what would you want it to look like, I guess? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, it's, a, it's a topic of conversation in all of our meetings. Um, just doing, doing the research, watching what's going around the country, you know, taking a look at the fall season, what happened there, taking a look at basketball now and the winter sports that are, that are in play. And, um, you know, when, when we saw, you know, what was going on in the fall season and, you know, what was it, maybe 30% of the bowls were actually played um, and, and um, having all the tests and everything that were around, you know, you had, you had the test, but there were still issues, right? And we talked a lot to, uh, to Mark Orr at Sac State, um, you know, when they made the decision early to, to opt out and, and kind of why they did it. Of course, we talked a lot to, um, you know, University of Montana and, and, and kind of knowing that we were in the same conditions there um, and going to be dealing with some of the same issues. And then, you know, but I, I think the big thing is we support um, the schools that are going to try and play. We support the, the fact that they're, that they're doing it. My hope is that they support us in our decision uh, because we're making the decision um, for what's best and right for Montana State University. And and we've got to be able to take care of ourselves. And, and each institution within this conference is going to make decisions that is in the best interest of their institution. But I think um, we did a lot of research. We always do a lot of uh, have a lot of conversation on our meetings. But in the end, I mean, this came down to Montana State University, what's best for our football program, our student athletes, and our athletic department. From a fan perspective, obviously, you know, we love being on the sidelines. We love watching football and stuff. And there's a lot of, you know, disappointed fans across the, the Treasure State right now. Just from a fan perspective, obviously having to wait longer. We know the reasons why and everything like that. But, you know, it is kind of a, a bummer day for, for a lot of those fans that were hoping that we'd have some spring footballs. Like your, your message or reaction to them. I get it. Um, I understand. I'm a sports fan. Uh, obviously, have the job in sports, but I'm a sports fan at heart. Uh, so I, I completely understand. Um, I would ask um, all of our fans to understand and, and really know why we made this decision. Because if we don't have student athletes, we don't get to do the things that we do um, on Saturdays or in here when we're playing basketball games. We need our student athletes uh, to be healthy, to be able to develop and to be ready to play. And we simply just couldn't provide that environment uh, given the time frame that we are given. So I would just ask them to um, you know, to support us in this decision and let's all band together and get ready for the fall. Thanks, Leon. Yep. Uh, let's go next to Paul Schwedelson. Paul, go ahead. Um, hey, Leon, I guess I'm just wondering um, how much does this uh, kind of put an emphasis on uh, desire for an indoor practice facility in the future? Yeah, I think it, you know, it's in our master plan. It's been part of our, uh, um, our plan all along. Uh, we felt getting the, the Bobcat Athletic Complex, which we just toured today, and it's an unbelievable facility, getting that done first because of the, 
the, the wide ranging impacts it's going to have uh, throughout our entire department. Um, but the indoor has always been uh, an important part of that because of the conditions and what we're going to be facing here um, at the end of the fall and then into the, the winter and, and spring months. Uh, we know we deal with it. We deal with it every single year. Uh, it's a high priority and, uh, you know, something we, we're going to have to take a look at. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more uh coach obviously um you know kind of a, a disappointing day for a lot of fans out there um what, obviously we know the reasons why um and things like that but what, what would your message be to some of the fans that were looking forward to watching montana state football this spring yeah i think we're still going to have some montana state football this spring i think it's just not going to be a six or eight game schedule and um that was you know part of the part of this looking at this big picture of not just what we want to do right now, but really what's in the best interest of our student athletes and our program in the future as well. And that was the biggest part of this. I mean, I think there's there's a high level of uncertainty. Keep this in mind, Sean. Okay, there's no promise the FCS is actually gonna host a championship this spring, okay? There's a high level of uncertainty about that alone. And so when you start to, to kind of stack these things, when you start with player safety, health, and well-being, and then you start stacking the other reasons why this is gonna be difficult and challenging on top of that, um, I think that the tipping point for me was these kids have been through enough. And if I can control what this schedule is going to look like, or we can control it to a certain degree with a pretty high level of certainty, then that's in our best interest. And so we're working towards having the ability to, to get a couple ball games out there. Um, certainly we'll have some level of spring football at the very least and, uh, and then push forward to the, to the, to the fall of 21. How can, um, you know, obviously in spring ball, you're, in a normal spring season, you're just scrimmaging, you know, your own team and things like that. How can maybe playing a different opponent in the spring be advantageous or, and help your program as you move into the fall? Yeah, I think there's a variety of reasons. Number one, um, you know, you can create that game setting and there's going to be some anxiety that goes along with that. And then you can observe and, and evaluate how, how young men kind of perform in that setting. As coaches, we get the opportunity to go through a game plan. And I think that's beneficial, for, especially for our young players. And I think that, uh, you know, once you turn the scoreboard on, things change. And you get to see who the competitors are. You get to see who the playmakers are. And especially with the, our young group, uh, we are kind of a veteran roster right now. And I think that played into this decision too. You know, Leon referenced their desire to, to have an experience that has kind of been denied to them. And not just football. I mean, this has been the case with most sports uh, over the course of the last year. And, and I think that was really a big point for our, our older guys. We're like, you know, if we can just – get to a point where we can maybe have some normalcy and you know how about senior day with your parents not there is that a great idea probably not you know and, and so some of these things that maybe we can control a little bit more with a vaccine now present and uh, some hopefully better days on the horizon um, that was another part of this equation and so i think that uh, i think we can get a lot accomplished like i said the game plan aspect of it the the, the, the game type of uh, setting and i think we can still uh, achieve some progress in that regard Thanks, Coach. I'll let everyone else hop in. Colton Poole, what do you have? Hey, Jeff. Um, 
Yeah, so obviously these concerns about having a spring season have always been present. Um, just what do you think went into the, the kind of the timeline of making this decision and this announcement, specifically making this decision now instead of maybe months or ago or, or what have you? Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that part of the problem was there was a lack of communication, especially with the coaches. We, we had we had basically two coaches meetings in one of those meetings. The only questions we were asked is, do you want a six game season or an eight game season? There was no what does this look like, you know, in terms of your prep, your, your ramp up to the season. And I think that was a little bit problematic when you start to really look at the reality of this. And um, we finally got on as a coach, as just a group of coaches. And I think that allowed us to maybe speak more freely when you're not in front of conference officials and administrators. Um, and it was clear to me that every single institution was in a different place. Every single one. And that didn't provide a great deal of confidence to, I think, Bobby or myself that we were going to be able to, you know, pull some of this stuff off, given the fact that the state of Arizona is the, is, has the highest rate of COVID infection in the entire world right now you know, or what's going on in California in terms of some of the lockdowns that they're dealing with. And, and so, I, like I said in, in the release, I respect and appreciate everybody's challenges through this. Um, and if they felt like that, they, it was important for them to push through and get this whatever schedule it's going to be done, man, I fully support them. And as Leon said, I hope they support and respect our decision as well. And the spring, I think you had mentioned before that you didn't want it to, to impact, negatively impact the fall. So how much was that at the forefront of your mind, too, of not, you know, leaving a little time to recover from a spring season and then having yeah. to push to a fall? Just how much was that involved, too? I appreciate the question because I think that's the piece of this player safety, health, and well-being that isn't being talked about enough. Clearly, there's issues with covid that are you know globally understood by now, right? That they're dealing with them in basketball right now. They dealt with them in football, pro sports, everything, right? And so that's that's the number one point is this this COVID issue. The number two point that's specific to Montana, Montana State, being that we are the only two schools that are in cold weather climates that either uh, that don't have an indoor space to pr practice and prepare. That was the second tipping point for us, right? Okay, then let's talk about what you're going to ask kids' bodies to do. There's a reason why the rhythm of this game has been the way it has for over a century. It takes bodies a long time to recover from, uh, you know, the, the collision sport that is football. And so our kids going into, let's say we are fortunate enough to play for a national title if that ends up happening at the FCS level. Well, you're giving your kids basically two weeks to turn around and get ready to play again. You're going to go into that heavy training cycle in June and July, and then you're going to start contact again in, in, in August. And if you have kids that have injuries, whether those are short-term or long-term rehabs, you're, and then you're going to put those guys back in that spot. And that's the thing I don't think people are talking enough about. Okay, They may have, you know, it might even just be a hamstring. Maybe it's a shoulder you know, whatever that case may be, they aren't getting the appropriate amount of time for their bodies to heal and go back into that. And they're going to be asked to do it. Make no mistake. We only have so many guys on our roster. And there's a reason why the offseason is set up the way it is. And so I think that was an important part of our decision was looking at the whole, the, the totality of this concept of player safety, health, and well-being. Okay. There's the mental health aspect of the roller coaster. There's the legitimate concern about COVID. There's the, is it right for us to ask our guys to go through the Batan death march in the dead of winter out here, you know? I mean, we don't need to fight the Battle of the Bulge in Bozeman this summer, or this winter, rather. And then there's this idea of this quick turnaround that could negatively impact their health and well-being, not just now, but in the future.
And lastly here, um, I, I, I know your, your players uh, express a lot of excitement that you're not going anywhere for the time being. I'm just curious if you're willing to, uh, or to talk about or acknowledge the, you know, you being tied to the Boise State head coaching vacancy. Yeah, I don't think there's any secrets, you know, certainly not in Bozeman. I, they, they, the FBO that I was at was, uh, was well staked out, evidently. Um, you, you know, I mean, hey, it's always flattering when you get op an opportunity to be considered for a job like Boise State. And I appreciated the chance to interview and, and go through the process with them. And, um, you know, there's a million reasons why things go the way they do. And, and I'm really excited and grateful to be here at Montana State University. And there's a lot of reasons why this is still the right place for me. Uh, outside of unfinished business that we have on the football field. Uh, I've got a daughter that's going to be a senior at Bozeman High next fall. I've got a son who, uh, who I enjoy getting to see on a regular basis and see him grow and mature within our program. And I've got, a, you know, 104 other surrogate sons that, uh, that are pretty important to, to me and to my wife, Janet. And, uh, and we've got a great staff here, and they're important to me too. So it wasn't my time. And as I stated, unfinished business and excited to, to get, get at that uh, in the near future. All right, that's all I got. Thanks, Jeff. Let's go next to Coulter Nuanes. Go ahead, Coulter. Hey, Coach, uh, does this help you kind of return to a more normal uh, schedule? I know you have a couple games that could be on the docket for the spring, but it seems like now it's more back to the status quo in terms of now just loading up and trying to prepare for that fall season. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely some work that we have to do. And that's why it was important for us to get this decision made quickly uh, once we got into January because we need – this affects – there's a, a bunch of dominoes that fall, right? Um, how we're going to approach our off-season strength and conditioning program. Uh, how we're going to look at our spring ball. How and, and some of that depends on how many opportunities we're going to be able to get some games on the schedule. But I think that is important. And the one thing that was – so clear through the fall with our players was how frustrated they were with the constant kind of roller coaster that they were on going all the way back to March. Are they going to, you know, and then that started this fall with, are we in-person classes? Are we not in-person classes? We started training camp in August because we had a schedule and then we, you know, ended up, we went through four or five practices and then the big sky canceled. And, and then we thought there might still, still be some opportunities for us to compete. And then the presidents voted that, you know, in fairness, if one team wasn't going to play, then nobody was going to play. And so that put another kind of wrench in this. And so it was like, do we play? Do we not play? Are we going to get into the weight room? Are we going to, you know, get into a, to a football mode? And so one of the most important things for us right now is to, is to kind of establish a, a very consistent schedule for these guys. And this will definitely help with that. We've already seen now several teams opt out. I know you said, I mean, you, you totally acknowledge all the concerns that are, exist in the world. But what do you think just broadly of the integrity of, a spring season, if it does happen, it seems to me that the, the fall is going to be the real season, the real chase for the next national championship. I think everybody looks at it differently. I think, uh, you know, if you were to ask me, and maybe some of you have, and I've probably been candid with you, if, if you ask me flat out, Jeff, do you think we're going to play in the spring or what do you think of this spring season? I, I think my standard answer was, I'll believe it when I see it. I still wasn't, I mean, we had just said that we were going to do X, but I mean, with what was going on in the world, I just didn't see the reality of that. And then you look out the window some days and you're like, holy cow, I'm glad we run the ball a bunch because if we'd have had to play two days ago in that 75 mile an hour win, I guarantee you we would have won. Um, so nobody else, you know, I don't know who else is going to be able to handle that. So uh, you got to be built for the wind conditions in Bozeman occasionally. But I think that's, that's an important part of this is, is making sure that we can have our best situation for us down the road and provide that really quality player experience that our kids have come to expect in Montana State. And last, last question for me from a, from a 
practice time allotment perspective now? I know that there's less time allowed with the players during certain times. Does this now, the fact that you have a couple of games potentially, does that give you more time with the guys uh, moving forward here these next couple of months? Yeah, I think once we establish kind of what we, if we, even if we just say, hey, we're intending to play on a certain date, um, the way it's set up right now, there's a two-week ramp-up period where you can start doing walkthroughs with a ball, uh, not just do weight training and conditioning. Um, and that would be, uh, and then you have your, whatever your first day of competition is that you state, you get 29 practice opportunities prior to that. So you're going to get, instead of getting your standard 15 practices that you would get in the spring, now you get your 29 practice opportunities, your two week ramp up, and then your practice that would be going on while you're getting prepared for, uh, for competition. And, and even if hopefully there's more than one opportunity, so that can continue. So yes, you're going to, I think it's going to be, allow us to get a little bit more work done than we would in a normal spring. That being said, let me preface this whole thing by saying two springs ago, Coulter, we had uh, eight whopping eight practices because of weather conditions. Okay. Right. So I'm a, I'm a realist here too. And, 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 and I stated that early on in this process, when they came out with the schedule, I'm like, how are we going to get this done? You know? And, uh, and I mean, if I had eight practices and UC Davis had those 29 practice opportunities, tell me that's a, a good situation for me to put our kids in. And I wasn't willing to do that. All right, Paul Schwedelson's next. Go ahead, Paul. Um, hey, hey, Jeff. Uh, I guess I'm just wondering, um, you know, with the possibility, like, you know, t talking about, you know, maybe playing a game or two, um, how does that work just from a safety perspective in terms of, like, gearing up for one or two games? I'm just kind of curious, how, you know, your perspective on that. Yeah, I think that's where we try to, we try to look at when's, when's it going to be realistic for us to get a, a three-week block of practice in prior to, competing. And, and I think that's really what it amounts to, you know, I mean, I, I think a month is ideal in terms of that kind of that 29 practice opportunities. That's why it's there. It's not there because they picked a, a number out of a hat. It's there because they've studied this for a long time and they feel like that's, what's really ideal in terms of preparing your kids for competition. But I do think that um, we could probably get ready in three weeks. And so you start to kind of look at the calendar. We've given our administration uh, five Saturdays, not that they have to be Saturdays, but five Saturdays that we feel like, hey, this would be the first Saturday that we feel like we could be ready to have a competition. And this would be the last, this would kind of be our drop dead date that we don't want to really want to do anything after that because of finals and, and getting our kids ready to head out for the summer. And so we've already provided a block of time that we feel will work for us. And uh, we're in the process of engaging some other places and seeing if they have an interest in, in uh, either meeting us in Bozeman or, or letting us go somewhere else to, to compete with them. Um, and then I'm just wondering, um, you know, how much does this kind of touch on, uh, you know, maybe a, a desire for an indoor practice facility? Yeah, I, I have a great desire for an indoor practice facility. Um, and, I, and I think it's, I, you know, I, I know that previous staffs here um, have that as kind of their number one priority for football for obvious reasons. And they were right, you know, whether it's Coach Kramer, Coach Ash, they were right that we, we need an indoor practice facility here. Um, but I think one of the cool things about, about the BAC is we made a decision based on number one, what was going to benefit everybody the most. And number two, what we feel like was realistic for us. And there's, there's some pie in the sky. I mean, we could put up a, you know, a pole barn out there and, and, and call it an indoor practice facility, but I don't think that the president is going to be satisfied with the, you know, the aesthetics of the building and how that anchors the South end of our campus. And so there's some other considerations that go into this. And so us getting the, 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 the Bobcat athletic complex, which we have to come up with a better name for, by the way, um, 
that's that's the first tipping point, right? And we did that. And, uh, and, and it's going to be a game changer for all of our athletics, okay? So now we can go put a bullseye on this indoor. And that process is underway. I mean, we are starting uh, yesterday, so to speak, to make sure that we drive that home and uh, that we never put ourselves in this situation again. And it's not just the opportunity to compete this spring that it affects. You know, I, I laughingly say, you know why we run the ball so much here? Because we don't have anywhere to practice throwing it. And so the fact that we can go inside and, and our guys get an opportunity to hone their skills and work on their fundamentals and their techniques, um, whether it's football student athletes or I think even more importantly, our community at large is in desperate need of a space like this. Uh, you think about youth soccer, softball, Little League baseball. You think of all the, the entities in our community that would, that would benefit from a practice space like that. And it's just a complete no-brainer. And I think that our community will get behind this. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we can get creative perhaps and do some, some partnerships with, you know, Bozeman Park and Rec or, 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 or you know, some, some even little league organizations and, and different things like that where we can say, hey, we'll block out the time here. You guys have the time here. I know, again, this all of our athletes would benefit from it, but I think the community of Bozeman, it's a no-brainer too. Great. Thank you. All right, uh, Sean Rainey. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Coach, last one for me. You kind of talked about it from the player perspective of you started practicing in the fall, it got shut down, and this and this and that. And then they're, you know, they're working all winter thinking that a spring is going to happen. Is it kind of unfortunate? Do you, is there a part of you that wishes we would have just made this decision way back then and, and not kind of – I mean, we obviously drug this out for a reason, but from the player yeah. perspective, it's, I would imagine it's pretty unfortunate. I agree, Sean. And I think this, I didn't lie to our guys. I never one time stood up in front of our team and said, come hell or high water, we're going to play, you know, the COVID Bowl championship in the spring of 21. I never said that. So this was a pretty easy conversation for me. Guys, we've said this is a maybe. We don't know what's in front of us. We're going to make a decision when we have the information that we feel like we need, and then we'll move forward with what's best for Montana State University and your, and your health and well-being. And so this was – like, I think that's, that's maybe one of the things that has gotten people into a little bit of a corner here is you're pounding the table saying we're going to do X the whole time. I, I think I was maybe a little bit more pragmatic, and I think Coach Halk was too, where we're looking at it going, I don't know that this is realistic, and I don't even know if it's the right thing to do. And when you have those doubts and those questions, you know, you can stand up in front of your team and be honest and transparent with them, which I know both of us have been. And I think that our players know exactly why we're doing what we're doing. And it's to protect them, not put them in harm's way. And I think they appreciate the fact that we're going to try to get them some level of competition this spring, but we're going to make doggone sure that uh, when we tee it up, you know, in Laramie, Wyoming next September, we got all of our soldiers with us. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more.